Hey, look, before we get this episode started, I want to send a special shout out to Onward Analytics for being so understanding. I had to push back their episode probably like two or three, maybe four now episodes so I can release other episodes that had more of a time crunch to be released. So thank y'all so much. Coolest nerds I know. Y'all sit back and enjoy this episode. Conversations with Chris. This podcast is brought to you by the letter C, which stands for cannabis, but not Chris. That starts with a K. That's right. You are listening to nothing other than Canisations with Chris. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Canisations. This is Canisations with Chris. I'm your host, Chris. You know what we do on here. We bring on everybody from seed to sale to talk about what they got going on in the community and the positive contributions they make in to in the industry, you know what I'm saying? So so when did we meet? It was Nikan, right? Nikan, yeah. Nikan. So I met this young lady in Nikan walking around trying to connect with different interviews and she walked up to me and told me that to message her and I said I will. And then I didn't. And then she wrote me. No, we seen each other again. Oh, I saw you at the Hedys. At the Hedys, yeah. yeah. And then you was like, I hey. I called you out. <laughs> <laughs> called me out hard. And then after that, I made sure that I had a very professional DM slide. Yeah, so, I think that's exactly what I said. I thought you were going to slide into my DMs <laughs> professionally. <laughs> so without further ado, we have Callie from Onward Analytics. Thank you. Welcome to Canisations. I appreciate you coming out. How was your drive up? It was good. Um, uh, coming back to my home roots. I grew up in Fairfax, so just one town over. So oh, yeah. very familiar with this, this drive. Is, this is your old stomping grounds this as well. This is my old stomping grounds. I went to preschool like five minutes away from here. Really? So, yeah. Man, you know, that's the one thing that I've learned about Vermont. Like wherever you're at, whoever you meet somewhere in another part of the States, they're probably... Yeah, from where you're right. living. Yeah, right. Like the world is what, seven degrees of freedom and Vermont is two. Exactly. Like it's crazy. But I mean, it's, I still love it. You know what yeah, I'm saying? It's, oh, and we started talking about where I live and apparently you were my neighbor I, five yes, years ago and five didn't years, even know. Devil Cross, I had actually back then I had, I had long hair uh, and I would always run past your house. I would never walk and see I was on a jog or doing something. And I would walk to the park down Mansfield. I used to run and I would get to that creepy house with all with the with the van and yo, it honestly It's not down by the river, but it, oh it's, it's pretty not. Close. It, you know, you know the it reminded me of like Beauty and the Beast. You know, all the land was nice and right. oh, and then you get to that dun, 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 dun. <laughs> that was that house. And it had that Facts. old van and just it was just a strange place. Yeah, yeah, they've cleaned up the joint, you know. That's us, us in Essex Junction. I might have to swing by Mansfield. It's a, it's a pleasant area. It like, was. You really gotta you gotta keep up with the Joneses there. I mean, you definitely it's definitely it's a Jonesy me. area. Yeah, year one I had one strand of Christmas lights. Year six, you know, it's decked out. Oh, I got, you, oh, I got different feel- colors going on. Oh. I got some white going on. Okay. I mean, none of it matches. It <laughs> doesn't actually Hey, look, look Christmas great. lights. Is, but, you is, know. Do what you want. It's serious business. <laughs> I remember going out where I'm from in Virginia. We had a place called Stanley Town. And this whole area was like a whole street. Oh, I think I know about that. My brother lives down in Virginia. Stanley Town. I feel it. I don't. Well, it's at it's the. Like, 
the it's, whole area does Christmas lights. Yeah. It, it, then yes, this is the place yeah. because nobody. I don't know if anybody else does it in Virginia. Right, it's like famous in Virginia. Right? Yes, yeah. Stanley Town is huge. It's like a whole street, and I swear it's so many lights. You come through at night, and you can turn off your headlights yeah. because it's like daytime. It was all white lights, clear lights, no colored lights. It was just so bright, bouncing off the snow. Nice. Don't even act like you get snow in Virginia. Uh, we okay <laughs> now you're right recently we had i remember the blizzard of 93 or 95 and that was the most snow i had seen in my life at that time and until was it valentine's day in like 15 or 16 14 or 16 mm-hmm. and i remember i was on the phone and i was walking down the street and it was snow like piled up to my shoulder. Sorry, are you trying to act like you had a cell phone in 1993? No, no, no. I said 2000. No, this was oh. a, a blizzard in oh, Vermont. Oh, oh, this oh. was the the, uh, the, the blizzard in Valentine. I thought you said 93. And no, I was like, in 93, I was like, I was like seven years old. The well, cell phones was, wasn't even invented. I was two, so I was just going to let you go with the story and then be like, I don't Look, personally remember. I don't think cell phones was out. In the early nineties, they weren't. That's yeah. why. I, that's why I thought you. Oh, okay. That's why I was starting to pick apart the, this. Story. The brick, the brick phones came out first. I remember no people keys. had the bag with the the portable phones. I think those phones end up calling causing brain cancer or something like that. <laughs> Radiation next to the face. Exactly. Now, nah, but it it Vermont is still the most snow I've seen in person. Well, yeah. Like compared to Virginia. Wait, I mean, it's crazy. So well, anyway, once again, Anyways, cannabis. <laughs> well, how about before we get to cannabis, we we find out a little bit about you and who you are. And I, I, I know that you're a, a home run hitter. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so are you a, are you a catcher? No, oh. I'm not. I play uh, either outfield or second base. Oh, wow. I was a left hand shortstop. Oh, that's that's handy. Yeah, <laughs> pun intended. Uh, I am known for hitting around shortstops and lefty shortstops oh, are a bitch. Yeah. Yeah. We are. Yeah. That's I why. Like to, yeah. <laughs> right down that line. That's right for us. Let me get that. Well, tell us a little bit about you, though. Sure. Yeah. So I'm the lab director at Onward Analytics. I'm also one of the founding partners. I grew up in Vermont. My um, educational background is in chemical engineering did my undergrad in that. And then I did a graduate in cosmetic science. So I used to work as a process engineer in FDA regulated skincare. So sunscreens, um, anything with an active ingredient, anything you're making a claim off of. Um, So I did large scale manufacturing. So basically taking things from the R&D bench that a chemist would make and scaling it up to like a 10,000 X factor. Um, so a lot of my, you know, manufacturing background and FDA knowledge is from the past 10 years when I was doing that um, professionally. And then I got into cannabis while I was still there with the CBD bump. Um, so when CBD kind of first came out on the market, it was like, you know, this is going to be regulated by the FDA. It's, you know, it's a little unheard of that it still hasn't fallen underneath FDA regulation fully just because Epidiolex is an approved drug product. Um, So it's one of the first ingredients that is kind of taking a different path um, than any other active Mm. ingredients. So anyways, I built out a cannabis product development program at my former employee to take on the CBD bump. And then COVID hit and hijacked the FDA. Um, So they have a beautiful 
product development program for <laughs> CBD, but it just didn't end up being um, as useful to them as we originally thought, just because the FDA still hasn't really grabbed a hold of CBD. Um, but it worked out really well for me to kind of bridge my career into the legal cannabis market, which I was waiting for. Um, mm-hmm. So it allowed me to stay in Vermont and be in the cannabis scene, but, you know, still working at, a, you know, like a a large manufacturer and kind of, you know, gain experience that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got approached about starting the lab and it was perfect. It was right as my job was ending there. And so I switched gears. I was one of four founders that originally started the lab. Unfortunately, I'm the only one left out of that founding group, but unfortunate that, you know, the other founders um, are not still around, but very fortunate in the sense that they really set me up to hire out the awesome team we have now and just kind of grow our lab and grow that's our dope. business our own way. That's yeah. yeah, Man, that's crazy. I should have asked you all about that before because <laughs> you said a few words in there that I was like, what is that? Which one? The about one of your degrees. Cosmetic science. That's it. Yeah. Now, what just because I'm curious, yep. like you have to test like, like what kind of testing does that involve? Like with sunscreen? And yep. Yeah. So is it you're just testing. Let's see if it's, oh, this is 3% over SPF or uh, like, what is it? Sort of. So SPF <clears throat> claims are a different type of testing, but essentially to get to an SPF claim, you have to put a certain amount of a sunscreen in a product. So mm-hmm. the testing that you order for sunscreens is not at all dissimilar from what we're doing in cannabis Mm. um, because you're essentially still looking for the potency of the product. Um, So like zinc oxide, titanium dioxide are very common natural sunscreens. And I was on the other end of the job I have now where I was submitting samples to a lab. Um, Mm -hmm. But I understood that, you know, they were using chromatography, HPLC to go find these active ingredients and read out the potency um, and then once you know the potency of your formula, you then go through SPF testing and that's a different type of testing because it does need to be done on the skin. Um, a lot of time they use like pig skin and tissue, yeah. um, but they're actually measuring whether or not it blocks, you know, the UV, UVA and UV, um, B light waves. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so my previous experience is I was actually want, I was in the shoes of my customers now. So I was the mm. one ordering testing, whether it was, you know, on the side of SPFs or once we did launch cannabis, the CBD program, you know, I was ordering cannabis testing. And so now I'm on the other side. And now I, so I, I am able to kind of like talk with our customers. I understand like, you know, being on the other side of that, um, which I think has been beneficial to be able to work with people and just be like, Hey, like I used to be a manufacturer too. And, you know, especially with so many new manufacturers on the scene right now, like I'm able to analyze their data on a testing side and be able to make recommendations like, you know, your batch isn't looking homogenous. Have you checked in on your mixers? You know, what's your process like? Um, yeah, we our group really tries to partner with our customers and give them more than just their test results. We all have various backgrounds that we don't really get to use anymore, like formulation, something else that I, you know, worked in, but I'm not formulating now. So any of our customers have questions on formulation. I get so excited. I'm like, let me build you an Excel calculator. Like, let me help you out here. Like, let's let's do this three different ways and figure out the right concentration. You really don't. That's why I really like this podcast, like besides that I created it. But I really <laughs> like it. Of course, I got to plug myself. Who going to plug me if I don't? <laughs> but it's crazy because like 
people's backgrounds, you know, I'm bringing everybody on from seed to sale. Yeah, everybody's in the, I'm bringing on everybody in the cannabis field, but everybody had a life before they got into cannabis. So hearing that you were, were you know, you were, (laughs) you know, hearing that sunscreen, it's crazy. Yeah, like it's, it's crazy that I didn't, I thought it was just like, all right, let's mix it together. You put a little bit of, put a little bit of this and a little bit of that with a dab of this and then put some cream in it, shake it up and pass it on. But like hearing that it's more, yeah. Yeah. So like my graduate is, you know, cosmetic science is actually, it's a little bit of a deceiving title because it's actually not so much about cosmetics, but all about skincare science. So what are the delivery systems through the skin? Um, you know, anything that's FDA regulated has an OTC monograph on it. So being, you know, familiar with the regulatory side, understanding um, the structures of the skin, the delivery systems, and then also just safety requirements. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's, you know, something that I can bring to the industry, especially as topicals really start to develop and take off is it's not as simple as just mixing it together. Um, Anybody who's trying to make like a lotion right now with cannabinoids and is buying a bulk lotion and mixing those cannabinoids on top of it, it's going to separate every time. Um, it's just it's a lot more complex science that goes into yeah. skincare products. I tell you, uh, speaking of like complex items, the highly rooted body butter, mm-hmm. like it's one, it's a great it's product, beautiful, and it but it smells it's, fantastic. You, it's funny because you know a lot of people don't like edibles because you can taste the weed. Mm-hmm. So whenever you hear of something having like cannabis in it, you already assume it's going to smell like weed, you know, but with that body butter, like one is like beautifully mixed. Like it's crazy how the piping, when you open it up, like great, (laughs) but it's just crazy how like it's one, it works like instantly. And then two, how like the science that goes into it, like you said, it's not just put, put some lotion in, cannabis juice together and stir it up and rub it, rub it on yourself. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and topicals too. It's um, It depends what you are looking for. So if you're looking for a localized effect, meaning that you just want it to stay in the area that you're rubbing it onto, you actually don't want to fully penetrate the skin. You want to stay on the top layers of the skin mm-hmm. um, because you're just looking for the effect in that area. If you are developing a topical that you want it to get into the bloodstream and have an overall effect, um, you need to actually penetrate the lipid bilayers of the skin and use a carrier oil that is going to go down into um, those lipid bilayers, um, like things like olive oil, just sit on top of the skin. Um, they don't actually penetrate. So it, it, yeah, there's a lot that goes into topicals. Hey, people, she breaking out some big words, man. She got some big words out there, man. That's insane. And that's the, it's, it all needs to be cohesive. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? To do what it needs to do. Right. You and know? then you also have to make it shelf stable, yeah. which is a whole other uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, can of worms. Yeah, putting together, you know, if you're making an, a lotion, those are actually emulsions. So that is oil and water phase that are forced together with energy um, and ingredients that actually break down um, the surface tension of a water molecule to force an oil molecule into it. So a simple way to think about that is if you make salad dressing at your house, right, you shake it up. 
oil and vinegar, you're making a crude emulsion. It'll mm-hmm. stay together for, what, 30 seconds? But if right. it sits out, it'll separate into right. its tool fa- phases. Yeah. Whereas if you buy it from the store, they stay together in your fridge. And that's because those are actually emulsions and have emulsifiers in there. So skin care is the same thing. Um, so a lot of time and energy goes into putting together an emulsion correctly that will then be stable out on a dispensary shelves in month three, month six, month mm. nine. Or if you're, you know, your customer brings it home, like it's not like all of us shellac ourselves in lotion every yeah. day, right? Like yeah. you want to, you want it to last a few months or exactly, year. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it it works. They're topical in the way it's put together, and it really it's yeah. Great. When you get it right, it's I mean, topical is an excellent delivery system for yeah. cannabis. That's dope. Well, look, before we move on to the next thing, I'm going to do what I always do. I'm going to ask you to please place your sticker on the counter table, if you will. I get to pick where it goes. <laughs> I mean, I told a while back, I said I was going to turn the table just so I don't, you know, fill up certain areas. But pun intended, this is your canvas. So wherever you, wherever you decide... Ladies and gentlemen, the sticker is down. I wasn't going to put it on the crease, but I'm definitely going to take the center spot. (laughs) That's a good spot. That's marketing, bro. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Ain't nobody there. They got to build around you. And it's, it's, it doesn't make sense to build a business around your testing services. That is true. I mean, you got a you got a point. Well, look, we also was you was talking about earlier how onward analytics is making it easier for customers to bring their flowers to be sampled. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, our state is very aware, right? We have just a few certified testing labs and they're all in Chittenden County. But unfortunately, because we are all working in a federally illegal market, um, testing samples cannot be sent through the mail um, because the post office is a federal agency. Um, So a lot of our customers down south and in central Vermont, you know, they might drive six hours round trip to bring their product up to get tested. Um, And we fully acknowledge that, you know, that, you know, that's burdensome. These are small companies. You know, a lot of times we see the CEOs or the, the leaders of these companies are the ones driving the samples. And if you just think about, you know, like billable hours and the tax that that takes on your company to have a whole day out of a week or however often you sample two weeks, three weeks that you're just driving all day, you know, to bring things up. Like you're losing a lot of uh, yeah, you're daylight. Lo- yeah, you're you losing know. a lot of steam. Yeah. Um, so now that we are up and fully certified, um, we're really focused on, you know, how can we serve our customers better? So we just launched our remote sample submission program. Um, we have partnered with retailers throughout the state to essentially be host locations. Mm. Um, so our customers submit an online order with us. They're able to print their chain of custody form and they bring their samples and their chain of custody paperwork to these retailers who have storage bins that we have provided that stay in secure areas. Um, They check in the samples and then um, we have a schedule that we're picking up from these retailers. So we just launched um, for the summer, we're just running one of our three routes per week. So every third week we're back in your area, back on your route. The hope is that throughout the summer, we kind of work out the kinks of the program and then it's heavily utilized during harvest. Um, so for a lot of our outdoor cultivators, right, you just you don't have a day or two days to be driving back and forth to the lab. Right. Yeah. Um, so the hope is that by harvest time, there's enough demand that we're actually picking up all of the routes on a weekly basis oh, um, to help with the influx. Um, but, yeah, it's exciting. I mean, we've partnered with some really awesome retailers. We have 
flora, cannabis in Middlebury, um, somewhere on the mountain in Rutland. We have Juniper Lane in Bennington, Vermont Bud Barn in Brattleboro, Tea House in White River, Capital Cannabis Montpelier. We have Higher Elevation in Morrisville, Northeast Cannabis in St. Johnsbury. And as of today, we have um, Kingdom Boys up in Derby. They just opened their retail location last week. That's awesome. Um, so they're going to be our third location okay. for that. And actually, I should put a plug in for our boys, too, at Winooski Organics, who have, they are right down the hill from us, but they are going to join the program for late night drop-offs and weekend drop-offs. So, that's awesome. Yeah, anything that's dropped off there, it's super easy for us to just pop down the next business day and grab from them. Yeah, um, yeah we're not open on the weekends, and we close for intake at four, so we're just trying to help people that are already in the area yeah. um, get stuff over to us. That's good, because like you said, people don't have time to be... No, none of us have time. Yeah, <laughs> we, we want time, and then once we get that time, we don't want to utilize that time driving, you exactly. know? Exactly, and like, you know, we testing, like, it's, right, it's not glamorous. I mean, you get exciting results when it comes to potency and terps, but, you know, we're trying to make testing less of a burden and a roadblock and just more of a seamless part of, um, you know, the supply chain. It's, I, I don't know that you can argue against testing. It's extremely important when you are putting product into a consumer marketplace to ensure Absolutely. that it's safe. Um, not only for the end consumer, but just also insurance for your business. Yeah. Nobody wants a product recall. That's the worst thing that can happen to your business. And testing really just gives you that confidence that like the product I'm putting on the market is exactly what I think it is. And, yeah. you know, it's it's products you should be able to be proud of. And so we just want to be a better partner for our customers and help them do that. So whatever we can do to kind of ease, you know, the black box of testing, we are focused on doing so. That's great. I mean, it's it's crazy because I've I've said this before. Ten years, fifteen years ago, like testing, it, does it get me high? That's yeah, exactly. that's that's the test, <laughs> you know. But now, and as as consumers of anything, like whatever we put inside of our body on our body, it should be tested. We should know what is going into it. You know, a lot of they can. We've seen it before where items have been recalled because, I mean, how you recall pampers? You know, they're diapers, like, but that's something that goes on sensitive skin and it can affect that child in some type of manner. Like, so like with all the, the it's good that we have testing out here so we can be like, and, and I know a lot of people, a lot of smokers really don't care about, you know, where it comes from. Just, is it good? But it's good to have that outside of, you know, potency and terps and flavonoids that are saying this is the experience you're going to have. You do want the back to just be I don't even have to think about it. Mm -hmm. I know it was tested. I don't even have to question. Can I see heavy metals? Can I see pathogens? Like yeah. we want the end consumer to just be like if it's being sold on the Vermont rec market, like it's good. Yeah. I know it's been tested. Um, the other upside to testing is like we're all fighting an uphill battle being in a cannabis industry, right? We have for as many cannabis supporters as we have, we probably have twice as much haters. Mm -hmm. And testing is a way to show anti-cannabis groups that this is a safe and professional industry. We are serious businesses. We're here to stay. You know, we are taking this serious just like any other regulated market. Just like all the fruits and cookies and stuff yeah, on the yeah, shelves. and. The, and I mean, it's just like we were talking about skincare initially. Like yeah. a, a lot of people probably don't realize that all those products are tested. I didn't. Um, I yeah. just said that. I didn't even right. know there was a testing yeah. thing for. Right. And that's know. the point is like as a consumer, like you don't even have to think about testing when you're buying a lotion. 
because it, you have basically it's been ingrained in your brain that that product's safe. If it's being sold at a store, it's safe. So that's the whole idea is you shouldn't really have to think about testing. You should just be able to go to a retailer and just automatically know that you know this product's safe because being should have to look at it to be what they look funny (laughs) you know what i'm saying like or this smells weird you know it shouldn't be like that it should just be it should just be second nature second nature it's it's being sold at a licensed establishment i know that you know the businesses did did their due diligence and this is safe safe for me to consume that's cool well look can you speak i need to stop saying well look that's well, one of my. I, know, I always. Listen it's like here. <laughs> I should say that. Yeah. Well, listen here. No, that's can you? <laughs> no. Well, my next question is about the testing. Mm-hmm. Like, what is what entails testing? Like, do y'all do they bring y'all the flower and y'all smoke it or? Oh, I wish. Then, <laughs> that is like. I mean, right? I'm sure all of our businesses have the jokes we get tired of, and yeah. absolutely ours is like. Oh yeah, you test cannabis. <laughs> wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. And we're just like, yeah. The yeah. sad reality is, we don't even get to consume anything that comes in as a That's testing right, lab, right? Like a lot of our customers are, you know, they're super chill. They're awesome, and they'll be like, you know, I put a little extra in there for you guys. Just and like, case. the sad reality is, anything we do not consume in the tests themselves, we have to legally destroy. Um, so we actually have to mix it with compost and sawdust and make it unusable if someone pulled it out of a dumpster. So I don't think yeah. nobody going through. <laughs> hey, oh, look at all the these! Rigs. Look it's at all these nugs. We comply. We I, comply. And you were doing a hundred percent what you're supposed to, but me, on the other right. hand, I don't think nobody's going. I don't. Think I don't so think either. the world's that hard. But, you <laughs> know, on the off chance, whatever, some sixteen-year-old kids get a bright idea and go in our I dumpster. Guess. Anyways, so yeah, so all of the products that come to us, we basically hit the supply chain the whole way through. So we see flour we see distillate we see rosin we see edibles we see topicals tinctures you know anytime it's moving you know from licensee to licensee and requires testing it's coming to one of the testing labs so the first thing that we do you know you take in the products and prior to anything going into our instruments we have to we have um, a series of sample prep methods that have to take place so um you know that some people kind of have the idea that we are able to like take flower and just put it into an instrument and it gives us the potency reading that is very far from what we do. Actually, you know, everything that comes in, basically the first step is it gets mixed with an extraction solvent. And these solvents are different for the different products we see. So for flower, you know, we're using the same one, but edibles is the biggest range. So, you know, chocolate likes a different solvent than caramel likes that likes a different solvent than marshmallows like that likes a different solvent than vegetable shortening. So our team has put a ton of effort into the actual sample prep method specific to edibles. You know, sometimes there's this really obnoxious pattern that you see if you don't have the right solvent mixture, you'll basically grasp two thirds of what's in there for cannabinoids. Um, And that's kind of our trigger to then go to our customers and be like, hey, what's your ingredient list? What are we missing here? And it's a lot of the solid fats that hide the cannabinoids. So things like vegetable shortening, butter, peanut butter cannabinoids, they're oil-based molecules, so they basically latch onto these fats and they're just really hard to pull out correctly before it goes into the instrument. So once something's mixed with its extraction solvent and then goes through all these fun things, some, you know, have sonication, some have vortexing, there's all sorts of different operations that happen, but essentially all of that effort is to then separate the layers 
and take the cannabinoids from the oil layer and put that extraction into our instruments. So it's essentially it separates everything. Yeah. Yep. And is the the layer that you have to extract on top or is it Not like you always. have to oh Not always. Yeah, there's a lot of chemistry That's that goes crazy. into this testing because if you did, you know, if you did just put flour into these instruments, you're going to see, you know, the plant material everything is going to come off of the columns. Um you're going to see you know, if it's an edible and it has 15 different ingredients, all of those would show on a chromatograph. And we do not have the ability to read a chromatograph that is that busy. So we have to basically get the cannabinoids or if it's pesticides or terpenes, whatever we're looking for, we have to get it in almost as pure of a form as possible so that we can read a chromatograph. Um, so next it goes into, you know, our instruments, the majority of our instruments, we are using chromatography. Um, kind of a nice way to think of chromatography is if you're familiar with like a sand filter for water um, mm -hmm. that has, you know, large rocks, then it might have gravel, then pebbles, fine sand. So chromatography can be thought of the same way. Not all columns have media at varying sizes, but essentially they're these small columns that are packed with media. And then you are pushing your sample through either using a gas phase or high pressure liquid. So HPLC, where we run potency, is high-pressure liquid chromatography. So that sample is being pushed through this column, and then based on the molecular weight of the molecule, it's going to come off of the column at a different time. So prior to running any samples, we go through validation, and we get standards for THC, THCA, CBD, CBDA, and you purchase these pure standards. And so you understand running your method that, you know, CBD comes off at this retention time. Delta 10 THC comes off at this time and you validate your method and then you run a sample through and you know that if you see a peak at that retention time, that's Delta 9, that's CBD, oh. that's CBC. Then you take a chromatograph, which is lots of big waves, bell curves, essentially, yeah. And we do some calculus, too, that we all loved in high school. And you're basically <laughs> taking the area under the curve to figure out the concentration of that sample that was run through the tool. You then do a back calculation to figure out of the part that was extracted that was just the cannabinoids, what basically percentage of that was came out of that initial half gram sample of flour. So there's a lot of math that goes into it on the front side and then equally as much math that goes into the back side. And then that's how we're able to say out of this half gram sample of flour, 20% of its composition was THCA and Delta 9 THC. Right, I'm going to tell you, they're going to have to run that all back because what's going to happen is they're going to hear something. They're going to be like, well, what's that? And then when they start paying attention again, you're going to be like three miles down the road. No, it's great <laughs> because this these are the things like we need to know. Yep. Like this shit's not easy. It's, it like, doesn't <laughs> analytical <laughs> chemistry. Like anybody Jesus who's interested Christ. in getting into this, like you better be good with math. Do not think we're just <laughs> smoking this stuff <laughs> in a laboratory. Like we're it's um. Yeah, no, it's it's some sophisticated chemistry happening, and that's just potency. Um, then we have, you know, it's a different sample prep instrument type of chromatography for pesticides. It's different instrumentation type of chromatography for terpenes, for RSA. Heavy metals, we're using ICPMS. Like, 
really glorified way to say this, but it's cool. Basically, we're doing an acid digestion at first. Think Breaking Bad shit. And then it's being shot onto a plasma torch. That's how we're doing heavy metal analysis. I don't know if it and looks as cool as you're saying. It doesn't, because it's all encapsulated in like this big equipment that basically, it almost looks like a giant printer when you look at it. I mean, there's a wind tunnel. That part's cool and visual, yeah. but yeah. And obviously, like my team would be rolling their eyes and laughing at me right now that I just simplified heavy metals that low. <laughs> But like that's don't like, be laughing at. I mean, it's cool, right? Like <laughs> nah. we're doing acid digestion and we're shooting it on a plasma torch. Hey, a plasma torch, you had me. Right? Plasma torch? Do they got those in handheld? Yeah, <laughs> like, that, yeah, that tends to distract people. Yeah, that is that that's crazy. Well, these are things like I want to change that right there because people we don't know what goes into testing. It's not like something we grab some flour or pre-roll or before we down this edible or drink, we're not like, how was this created? Right. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So it's good that we have that information that even though we might not understand it all, right. yeah, <laughs> but it's that's, good. That, that's right. It's our job to yeah. understand it and be the kind of the, you know, the nerdy side of it, but it's also our job to be able to explain this to our customers. So we really incentivize any of our customers when they're dropping off to come see the lab, come meet the team, come see what this instrumentation looks like, like come see what we're actually doing back here to just help, you know, understand that is why it takes, you know, a week to get your test results as we're, we're doing all of these, you know, these processes and these steps, or, you know, if you get a result that you, you know, is surprising to you, or you don't like, like acknowledging that, you know, that potency result came from a half gram sample of your flour for your entire lot. And, you know, we can only provide a snapshot of the sample that you bring us. We cannot give a representative picture of your growth. So it really matters when it comes to potency and terpenes, especially like it matters what you send us. Hmm. If you are looking for your best potency numbers, you got to pick out a nice cola that, you know, is loaded in trikes. You got to make sure that you handled it correctly and all the trikes didn't fall to the bottom of the bag. You know, we are we are limited in that sense that we can only test, you know, that little bit that you're you're bringing to the lab. So it very much does matter. Representative sampling is not great in our regulations right now. Um, that will, I would think, will change over the next couple of years. But right now, it's just, you know, whatever is brought to the lab is what is tested. And that C of A, you know, is is given back. And, you know, it's just, it may not represent your whole thing. And that can be, you know, a good thing or a bad thing. Like if you have, you know, a pathogen failure, it can be as simple as the sample that was brought to the lab. Maybe you didn't wear gloves when you were handling it and the pathogens were on your skin. You know, it gets into your sample. And so in that case, you need to, you know, test a few more samples Mm. to kind of clear your grow or vice versa. You can bring in a clear, a clean sample, but you could have contamination elsewhere in your grow. Um, So that's something that we are. Oh, this is real, real. Yeah, that's something we are working we're kind of chatting with the CCB about and the other labs about is just pathogen testing specifically. Right now, the way our regs are written, it's a detect, non-detect test, and we're looking for DNA. So this is the one type of testing that we are not using chromatography for. We're using qPCR, which is the same technology that was used for COVID testing. So basically, it's just, you know, it's looking for the presence of DNA. The downside of the way this test is is it can be dead or alive DNA that causes a detectable read. The 
kind of thought process behind that is that dead DNA is still a failure because it represents that at some point these pathogens were alive. Was alive. Yeah. And yeah. the the big harm in them being alive at one point and then dying is that they could have produced mycotoxins. And mycotoxins is not a regulated or a regulatory test right now. It's an optional test that all the labs um, provide, but it's not required for your lot. So that's why we have the detect non-detect on pathogens. But we are, you know, we're working on a project right now and we're, you know, working with the industry to figure out if you have a failure on pathogens, can there be a way to basically test free? And maybe that looks like after you have a failure, there are these kits that are able to wipe away the dead DNA and only test for live DNA. That might be the next step. And then if it was truly dead in there, you might just need to have a mycotoxins test done to show that no mycotoxins were formed yeah. um, and then you're clean. But that is why that test is so strict right now is because mycotoxins is not required. So just for my clarity as well, what is dead DNA? Like, dead, so dead DNA just means that the pathogen was in there, but it's not still alive. Okay. So it leaves its DNA behind, but the the test and the technology will still find that DNA and detect it. Yeah. And um, yeah, and then mycotoxins are produced from pathogens. So Aspergillus specifically can produce mycotoxins, and mycotoxins are extremely hazardous to human health. Um, so it's kind of a little bit of a trade-off, right? We either stick with this really, you know, or not really, but this strict pathogen requirement, or we bring in mycotoxins to the reg, to the regs as just an, a required test. But I do think we can be, you know, smart and strategic about it that mycotoxins would only be required if you did have a failure and you're proving out that it's dead DNA. Isn't that fun? Yo, it's <laughs> it's all new. It is. It's so that's what it is. It's like it's like I said, like certain things you say, it's like, whoa, I never I never thought pathogens or DNA would be on. Of course, if you touch it, your DNA is going to be on it. Like mm -hmm. because yeah. your body produces oils and right. things like that. So it's going to be on it. But there's also other avenues for different types of yep. pathogens to get on the the exactly. flower or you know whatever you're 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 testing yeah and just to be clear we're looking for the dna that is specific to these pathogens it's yes. not that human dna would yeah, cause yeah. a failure by any means but yeah like speaking of new like that's the thing is you know this is year one of the vermont industry mm. like we you know we all did a great job putting our best foot forward but yes. like it's now like up to us as an industry to basically like move the regs in the direction that they should really be in. Like there's there that's just how you start. You have to just start somewhere and start improving on them. And our lab is really focused on that. And we really like to partner with our customers to just be like, you know, we acknowledge that this this pathogen reg is, you know, it's it's hurting people. There's no way it's not. And but it's like, okay, well, we can't just get rid of pathogens, right? This is an important test. So how can we as a community create a better path forward to both keep the consumers safe, but also to keep our growers and our cultivators, you know, in business and moving forward with good product? That's what's up. Because we they, they want they want to have good product. Right. Because yeah, if some no, shit yeah. come back hot, then exactly. you're you've just been introduced to cancel culture. Like nobody's really going to in the rest, I used to work and run restaurants. And so one bad review would take the place of 10 good ones. Oh, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So if you're told that, hey, 
this was in it, people probably don't even know what you're telling them, but they're like, it sounds bad. And I mean, of course it is, but you know, that could be a, oh, don't get that. That was, you know, so it can be very damaging to someone's business. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And that's just, you know, it's, it's, I mean, I've hear this a lot, but the industry really is going to be what we make it like, you know, we're not, yes, the regs that are in place right now, we all need to adhere to, but that doesn't mean that like, the scientific community and the cannabis community can't band together to propose mm-hmm. stronger regs and stronger regs doesn't mean more testing. Like it's, it's not like we're like, okay, now, now everybody has to get mycotoxins. It's like, how can we use the testing to be strategic about keeping our consumers safe, but also not costing our businesses out of being in the legal market? That's right. I like that. You tell me I'm right. It's nice. <laughs> I be trying. You know what I'm saying? It's very soothing. <laughs> Thank you. I try. <laughs> now, man, it's it's crazy. Like I said, all this information is new to me. And it's I mean, it's kind of new to you. It but is, you, yeah. you know, you've you've kind of been in this realm, you know, to learn what you've learned and kind of translated into flower and just kind of tweaked and adjusted okay. what needed to be done. So, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that is, you know, the, that, that is what you want out of a testing lab, right? You don't, you don't want us to be cannabis experts. You don't want me to be an excellent cultivator. You don't want someone to be an excellent extractor. You want us to understand analytical chemistry and then also regulated markets. So three quarters of our team is actually coming out of FDA industries, um, not just myself, um, some of our, um, and that, or lab group is coming out of pharma, analytical testing for pharma, pharmaceuticals. And, you know, it's important that we are because what we bring to the table is if you guys have ever worked with the FDA, like the FDA can be absolute overkill, right? There's some Super really, strict. yeah, there's some really good things that the FDA has put out and there's some really just the FDA has gone way too far and we have been exposed to all of it. And so what we're kind of trying to bring to our market and our community is, Let's take what the FDA put in place that makes sense, but let's not go crazy. Um, And that's what we're really trying to bring into, you know, our community is like, like exactly what we're saying, like, let's be strategic about testing. Like, how can we basically perform the least amount of testing that's going to keep everybody safe? Mm -hmm. We don't want to end up like California where they're just like going nuts with testing in the sense that like people can't even afford to be in the legal market. That's the opposite of what we all want. But on the flip side, we don't want to have too loose of testing regs that there's a consumer health scare because anybody who's anti-cannabis or anybody who's on the fence is going to go, you know, so hard against the cannabis community if they're like, you know, things aren't safe that are on the product shelf. We're already on a teetered. Oh, yeah. We already have a big target on our backs. But it's good that there's companies out there like yours or the owner analytics that can kind of be the. I guess the the barrier for that and be like, okay, you want this? Well, we can do this, 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 and this to keep it regulated. And for you to know that the product that we're getting is tested just like milk or new information, sunscreen. Yeah, you just want to know know it's safe. And like the testing labs are really there to be partners to the industry, right? Like we're not writing the regs, we're carrying out the testing for the regs, but we also... Like it's what the it's what our community needs out of us is what we're going to bring online. So like HLVD that just recently came on the state's radar. That's a virus that's affecting plants. It 
affects the vascular system and can drop your potency in terps by about 50% and just oh, wow. really wreak havoc on your grow. Just Is it something past. visual? Um, you can see, you can see it visually at first, um, but or sometimes it can go undetected until oh, wow. you know you go to harvest and you have a five percent strain that you thought was going to be a twenty percent strain. Yeah. Um, so there have been confirmed cases of that in Vermont just in the past month, and you know the CCB was great. It contacted you know the testing lab, said you have this issue, and basically all the testing labs reacted and brought this testing online. We will have it online at the end of next week. I believe Bia just launched with it. Mm -hmm. And that's just an example of like the testing labs are here to partner and be like, okay, there's this need in our industry. Like, Let us get there and fill that need so that you guys can test and you can know whether or not you have it and you can, you know, it's just, it's insurance. Testing is insurance. insurance. Exactly. Yeah, you don't want to get to harvest and realize you have this. You want to test your clones, know they're clean and put them, you know, yeah. in the ground. It's funny because I didn't even know that if you spray a pesticide on the mother plant, that the clones can carry it and Up it'll to, be a. I think four generations. It's generational. Proved out at yeah. this point. Yeah, pesticides is. I mean, that's just pesticides suck. Yeah. On 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 our side too, they're yeah. they're such pesky little bitches to get in chromatography. <laughs> they we hate them just as much as everyone else. Um, what is encouraging, at least what we've seen in our lab, is any pesticide failures or even detection that we have let our customers notify. It is not the Vermont industry that is using pesticides. It was unfortunate, steep learning curves of year one. Sometimes yes. it was clones coming from out of state. Things like shared farm equipment, a shared grinder for pre-rolls have mm. all um, attributed to cross-contamination. It's really hard to deliver that news to someone, but when we have done it, you can tell by their reaction that they truly did not use pesticides so we've we've partnered with a lot of our customers to figure out where it's coming from. Yeah. Someone actually had it in their a spray that like foam that they used to seal off their grow room. It had like, you know, an anti-pest in it. And, you know, the hard part with products like that is they are not regulated that they have to disclose their ingredient list. So you can go buy a product mm, and think that, that it's clean. You know, and then it has these. You can put it in your walls, and it can get in your yeah. your flowers. Yeah, Dang, yeah. That's crazy. So we can't actually put these products into our tools because they will ruin our tools. But when our customers have been like, you know, hey, like I, you know, I found this new product. It looks like it's good. It looks it's compliant. You know, it's saying it's neem or clove oil or garlic oil and you know they're asking our opinion of whether or not to use it we can't advise on that because again we have no idea what That's is actually in these products <laughs> but what we can do and what we've done for our customers is we have them take dry flour that has already tested clean for pesticides spray the new product that they're questioning on a little bit of flour let it sit for a couple of days and then let us test that flour mm -hmm. and that way if there's any hidden pesticides in that product you basically, you know, for 200 bucks, you did this little test and you either know with assurance I can spray this product on my grow or you know that there was something hidden in that something product. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So we're trying to really encourage everyone to be like, think of testing as like a proactive thing rather than a reactive thing. Mm. So do it early yes. and set yourself up to succeed versus getting to, you know, the 11th hour and you realize, you know, maybe you can't sell your whole grow. Man, this is... Yo, you just load me up load like with up. information Knowledge and the listeners, bomb. of course. <laughs> well, look, thank you so much for coming out. Absolutely. Like, I greatly appreciate your vast knowledge that 
you did way before you knew that you was going to be doing this because it just prepped you for what you're doing now. So it's awesome that you had that all those college yeah. stuff that you did. <laughs> college stuff. <laughs> I, mean, yeah, I mean, it's. It's it's great. It's it's good that you know what's going on and what we need, and you're pre- you're preparing that, and it's creating for us. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, no, it's it's exciting. We're just looking for synergy with the community. You know, like we learn just as much from our customers as they're learning from us. Because, yes. like I said, we are not cannabis experts. We have not been growing for twenty years, <laughs> um, and so we love learning from our customers. We're That's like, awesome. you know, teach us about your extraction, teach us about your grow practices, yeah. and I think. It's only going to make us all stronger the more we just work together and collaborate. That's what we got to do. Yep. Stick together. And then together. we can all, yeah, flip the bird to the anti-cannabis Damn community. Right. I've been waiting. <laughs> I've been waiting. These middle fingers been waiting to fly. <laughs> My little baby one will be in the corner. <laughs> we'll put you up front. Yeah. Right. Shorties in the front. <laughs> you already know. <laughs> well, look, once again, thank you for coming out. Thank you for having me. Blessing us with your knowledge and everything. Can you tell them where to find Onward Analytics? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, guys, if you're looking to get your products tested, please come see us at Onward Analytics. We are on Water Tower Hill in Colchester. We are in the building that used to be the Albany School of Pharmacy, so 261 Mountain View Drive. And uh, yeah, come check out our lab. Come meet the team. We got uh, some nice glitter floors in our lab we love to show off. I I really hate that I didn't get to pull up, but best believe within Um, these next two weeks. Hey, hands down, it's on me. Hey, you know, and I can say I did not, I'm going to be honest with you. Like I said, I've been busy. I've been running around. And then I got had to get back here by a specific time to get my child. So it's a lot of moving pieces. But now it's summertime. Yeah, that's So true. I can move and shake as I need to. <laughs> so right. I want to come down. I'm looking forward to you shaking it on the glitter floors. The glitter floors. floors. <laughs> exactly. Because we'll get I, a disco ball going for you. Oh, man. I'm a, I got to find some bell bottoms. I'm going to pick out the afro. <laughs> can we'll moonwalk catch the HPLC? Ooh, that's the, can I have a lab coat? Because I don't oh, think nobody yeah. ever moonwalked oh, in a lab coat. you can absolutely have a lab Ours are tie-dye, so you can definitely Damn, have a lab Oh, I'm pulling up. Y'all got a y'all got an application? I just want to <laughs> I just want to dance and and walk on glitter floors. All right. Yeah. That sounds like that sounds like you have the perfect technical <laughs> skill set to work in a lab. You can Sign be the morale booster. There you go. Just walk through and be like, good job, people. Listen to this. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. Hey, there we go. Disco ball fall out the ceiling. Love it. I peel out. Culture's That's important. It. That is very well, look, thank you for coming. Thank really you for appreciate you. Me. This has been Canisations with Chris. You know where to find me. Canisations Podcast on Instagram. I'm going to be developing some other stuff coming up too, so y'all be on the lookout. And I greatly appreciate all my listeners for listening. I hope y'all gained some knowledge and y'all know what, you know what I'm saying? You know what's going on. You know, that 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 pre-roll that you buying or that edible that you eating or that, that drink you drinking has all been tested. So, once again, thank you, Callie, for coming out. This is Canisations with Chris. And remember, y'all stay blazing and stay amazing. And we out.